Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I apologize for my absence last week. I had some stuff going on in my personal life, and I just decided I was going to take a week off. And I'm happy to be back. I recorded a whole episode of this, and this is my second go of it because I found through my last attempt that my energy was shit. So I'm trying to communicate better energy to all of you because I love you guys and I'm happy to be here with you all. So let's talk about some things. Okay, so first of all, I wanted to talk a little bit with you about reactive behavior. And this is something that was very present in my early days of recovery and my early days of quitting smoking and all of these things. And Reactive behavior is, it's, it can go very deep, but I think a lot of you that listen to the podcast are looking for surface level understanding of reactive behavior. And so what happens in society when we have a negative emotion? We want to eat it away, drink it away, fuck it away, smoke it away, um, all that shit. That's what we want to do. We want to just get rid of it. Um, actually, when I was in my early recovery, so... I think a lot of you guys know I never went to meetings. I had such an easy time with sobriety because I embarked on a journey of recovery without knowing it. So I was like, I'm just not going to drink for six weeks. And that was how my early sobriety began. And concurrently, um, that was when I started talking to Andy, who is a mentor of mine. And Andy sent me a book called Loyalty to Your Soul, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology. And In that book, it talked about the challenge of spiritual bypass, which is that one deems that negative emotions are not spiritual and thus wants to avoid them. Now, we can, this doesn't have to be spiritual. Like, I know that you guys are probably not all spiritual. This is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. My logo was designed to look like Pornhub. So yes, I know that my audience might not be the woo-woo people. And <laughs> that's totally fine. Actually, this my my idea for the concept was completely deliberate because you guys are my people. I was not a spiritual person either. I was raised by atheists. I totally understand how you might not want to go woo-woo with this. But I will say that taking the idea of spirituality out of it, we still want to avoid negative emotions in western society we don't want to feel them we want to shove them down eat it away smoke it away fuck it away drink it away gamble it away we don't want to do it we don't want to deal with it so we do anything that we can to not feel those things we just don't like to 
So that, that, that whole reaching for something to make it better, that is reactive behavior. Now, I want to talk about this group that I'm in on Facebook. So it is a stop smoking group. And I actually joined the group very recently. So what happened was my four-year quit smoking anniversary was February 28th. And I opened an app that I used when I was quitting smoking, which is just a clock that tells me the time it's been since I've smoked. I used to open that app all the time for reinforcement when I was quitting smoking. Now I open it maybe twice a year. You know, just, oh, look, look at all the money I saved. How cool. Um, but I opened the app and I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is great because it said that they had a Facebook group. So I was like, oh, let me go join the Facebook group. I'm all about Facebook groups, you know, because I also love to know what people are thinking and feeling and going through in their early days of trying to stop a bad habit because I want to be able to speak to that rather than speak at the level that I'm at now where I'm like, let's talk about your higher self. It's like nobody wants to fucking hear that. They just want to put the smokes away. So um, I was uh, in this group and this woman wrote about how she had gone a month without smoking and then her husband decided to leave her. So even though she had gone a month, she was going to smoke. She just needed something to get through it. And uh, thank you everybody for their support. Now, here's, here's the thing. I understand that that is a very upsetting thing. Actually, the response to that would be to be viscerally upset. That would be appropriate. Um, when somebody that you've been married to leaves you, that is a absolutely upsetting beyond measure sort of thing. She had gone a month without smoking, though. So she was no longer physically addicted to nicotine. So the only thing that that would have done would be to to reintroduce that drug into her body. And then it would not help her cope with stress to go reach for that. All that would do would be to relieve the withdrawal from itself. So I commented on the post and I said, well, it sounds like you're looking for an excuse to disrespect yourself. And she wrote back to me like, no, I was just trying to say that I had gone a month and I was looking for support. It's like, great, you know, that I'm not going to poo-poo progress. That's amazing. But now you've gone this long without doing this and you're going to reach for this thing. You are disrespecting yourself. Like to be able to put poison into your body when somebody disrespects you, you are disrespecting yourself. And what she was really doing, which I don't think she realized she was doing, is she was engaging in a reactive behavior. And that reactive behavior is I'm feeling unpleasant emotions, so I want to do something to make these unpleasant emotions go away. And we do this. We do this when things are very upsetting because the response to to somebody leaving you is to be viscerally upset. Like that is a horrible thing. And negative emotions in that situation are appropriate. Like being, feeling like you want to rip your intestines from your body, that's appropriate. Now there are reactive behaviors that we can do to make that easier. We can talk to somebody, we can see therapy, we can see a coach, we can, we can exercise, we can take care of our body, we can do all of these things that are going to fill us with feel-good emotions. Those emotions still have to pass through, unfortunately. Like they have to pass through. There is no shoving them down forever. Like we have to go through our process. And it's a process. Something like that is, is going to take quite a while to be able to come up and be released. Smoking is a reactive behavior. Drinking is a reactive behavior. So there was a, 
this great Jimmy Breslin quote that said, when you stop drinking, you have to deal with the marvelous personality that got you drinking in the first place because drinking is a reactive behavior. So we have a bad day. We want to have a drink. Somebody treats us like shit. We want to have a drink. We want to calm down at the end of the day. We want to have a drink. Well, that's usually just, you know, relieving the alcohol withdrawal. A lot of people think, oh, I don't have withdrawal. How would you say that? Don't say that. It's like, well, actually, it's one of the more addictive substances that you could consume. So just the feeling of wanting a glass of wine at the end of the day is a slight withdrawal symptom. I know that there's a lot of stigma with alcohol, so we don't like to hear that, but it's true. Reactive behavior. So we do this a lot, and the reactive behavior is disrespectful to us. In a lot of ways, especially when you're doing things like overeating, like the dose makes the poison. So one cupcake, that's not disrespectful, but 35 cupcakes, that is disrespectful. Like it is a disrespect. And I used to engage in this all the time. Like somebody would be nasty to me at work, um, treat me like I was like, like yay big. I you can't see my fingers, but they're practically like touching. And um, they would treat me like shit or I would be micromanaged by a, one of my bosses, you know, like they would be nasty to me or something would happen. And, and this was all the time because it was a horrible job. And I would be like, oh, yeah, get fucked up. That sounds like a good idea. Like I would turn around and disrespect myself with the reactive behavior. And that didn't serve me. Like it doesn't serve anybody to have this reactive behavior. And a lot of times we can see it at a deeper level. So as we start shedding those those upper level behaviors, we start to get into the deeper stuff of why we started doing the behaviors in the first place. So if you're somebody that has been overeating your entire life, you probably don't don't actually know where that started or the or the the empowerment or dis or sorry or disempowerment. Like whatever the hell kind of stories. And I use the word stories because a lot of people that overeat um, there are there are deeper th- themes as to why that might have started like what stories are you telling about yourself or were you telling about yourself a long time ago now that is true of any reactive behavior Um, I work with all sorts of people and different reactive behaviors that they might have Um, I have my own reactive behaviors and now that I'm sober it's very interesting to look at my reactive behaviors and see where they are and it's becoming very clear to me in layer after layer after layer as I peel them back it's becoming very clear to me where a lot of these reactive behaviors started Um, so just just this last week I've had a pretty upsetting week I wasn't feeling really great I was in a contraction and I wasn't um having an easy time dealing with my life and that happens from time to time and I'm not you know I'm not exempt from that we have these times where we feel this way so I wasn't uh you know whatever like I was you know just going through this this period so yesterday the I knew that what I needed to do really was just sit with my emotions that were bubbling to the surface and I had emotions bubbling up and I was like but I didn't want to I wanted to be combative with every single person that was around like I wanted to fire my coach and defriend all my friends kick them all out of my life I wanted to be angry I wanted to be angry at 
you know, my parents and my, like, I wanted to be angry at everybody, but I wasn't really angry at anyone. I was just feeling emotions and they were like coming to the surface. And with me, this is really interesting. So I'm a person, through my work, I have learned that I'm a hard masculine. So I default to the hard masculine, I'd say 95% of the time. Now, when I'm coaching, I'm in my feminine. And when I was doing training um, at my last job, I was always in my feminine. But the rest of my life, I live in the masculine, and it's very combative and abrasive, and it's protective. I, I started it when I was younger. I was always the, don't fuck with me. And actually, it's kind of interesting because I looked at my Spotify analytics, and I saw that most of the people who listen to my podcast on Spotify are men. So I love you guys. <laughs> anyway, I fucking love men. Uh, I love women too, but I love men. But I, I relate to men in a in a way that I don't relate to women. I relate to the hard masculine. I would sit at the bar till four o'clock in the morning among men. I wanted to be with the men, talking like men, shaking hands like men, shooting whiskey like men, drowning in beer like men. I was a fucking man. Back the fuck up, bitch. Like that was me. Well, being in your masculine when you're looking to protect yourself is for me I do a lot I do a lot of reactive behaviors so I'm sober so I don't drink anymore so when these emotions come to the surface like everybody else I don't want to feel them I want them to go away so I want to do things that are reactive so that I can stop feeling the emotions that I feel so I want to I want to make rash decisions I want to post abrasive content I want to fire my coach I want to get rid of my friends I want to yell at my family I wanted to I want to blame everyone I want to yell and scream and get angry and in reality what I needed to do with these upsetting emotions that I was feeling was I just needed to sit with them because I wasn't angry at anybody I wasn't angry at anybody I was angry I was just feeling sad and I have a tendency to live in anger rather than understanding what the deeper emotion is with it because the deeper emotion is not as safe as anger. So when anger comes up, I'll, I'll live in anger and I won't see what I'm actually feeling, which is sometimes it's hurt, sometimes it's regret, sometimes it's desire, sometimes it's love, like sometimes it's those deeper things and... um it's a lot harder for me to, to be in those. And these are things that I'm discovering now after over two years of sobriety. Like I didn't know that shit in the beginning. I just knew, oh, fuck, I, I, I don't feel good. Let me drink. You know, I, I didn't know any of that. And it, it's interesting because if you have a compulsive behavior, there, there are, there's stuff that, that's deep there that you're just not quite aware of yet. It's not scary stuff. It's not stuff that necessarily needs to be changed it's just having awareness like awareness of it is very important right now I'm just really hurt like a friend of mine said something to me that was just so damn hurtful like a couple of weeks ago and he's apologized but like I just I don't care like I mean I care I care to the but but what that is is that I I I just want to I just want to react to that so much like, I want to react, I want to yell, I want to scream, I want to write nasty letters, I want to just insult him, tell him what a piece of shit he is, you know, but he's not a piece of shit. Really what this is, is at a deeper level, is that I just love him so deeply, and I'm just so hurt 
by the thing that he said that it just uh, it just lives on the surface is anger and the anger and the hurt and all of that stuff is just so hard you know it's so hard that I want to have reactive behavior and I find myself having reactive behavior towards others when I'm when I'm living in this like I'm I'm sending I get these cold messages on LinkedIn every day trying to sell me shit and normally I'm like oh yeah thank you or I just don't respond at all well when I'm in reactive behavior because I don't want to live you know I don't want to be in my negative emotions I'll be like can you explain to me what exactly your conversions are from this strategy like I'll be like an asshole I'll treat people like shit because hurt people hurt people so instead of dealing with my react like with my emotions I will be mean to people (laughs) like I'll do that or um you know another thing is I I will find myself angry at people who genuinely just want to help like I'll be like fuck you get out of my life fuck you I don't want your fucking advice I don't want your fucking this I don't want that I don't want to be like you why would I ever listen to you you're not where I want to be why do I and that's reactive behavior right all of that starts very early and normally when we have these negative emotions and we don't want to feel them, we, we notice ourselves doing whatever we can do to make the negative emotions go. And really the only way to deal with the negative emotions is to let them come to the surface and release them and sit in the pain and the ugliness and it's awful And it feels like you are just tearing your heart out. But that's the way through. Like you just, what you resist persists. Like just, you have to go through it. And through my my process over the last couple days of not exercising reactive behavior, I've, through that, realized that I, I have a deep love for my friends. I have a deep love for my family. I have a deep love for myself. And I feel a lot more equipped to deal with the things I need to deal with after just allowing myself to be angry, be hurt, be whatever I had to be, and to give myself grace through that experience. Now, when I was drinking, I was reaching for that. And what's interesting is that the longer you do it, the more layers you pile on. So at first, you're just dealing with a physical addiction, but then you're dealing with every single layer of every single thing. I mean, you had something maybe once that you didn't want to address, and it just kept going. If I think back, if I really think back about reactive behavior, I started drinking when I was 20, but I started smoking at 14. Like I was 14 years old and I was taking my lunch money and every two days I would buy a pack of Newport 100s because the cigarette machine at Sacchetti's Pizza Place in Old Forge, Pennsylvania, this is where I grew up, um, sold cigarettes in a cigarette machine for $4. Like I started smoking then. Like I quit when I was 32. So seriously, I smoked for 18 years. This is a long time. And I started then with reactive behavior, but it might, it was older than that. I mean, when I was 11 or 12, I overate. I weighed 120 pounds when I was 10 years old, like in fourth grade. That was reactive behavior. I was in reactive behavior at probably so long, it's, it's insane. 
And a lot of that was just because I didn't have a place to put emotions, nor did I want to feel emotions. And in fact, with me, it actually goes even deeper than that. I just had emotions outright dismissed um, by certain people in my life. And as you get older, you realize that this is just normal. This is just part of existence. We all have this. And it is of service to ourselves to be able to sit and to understand. You know, every time I watch a client sit with their emotions, they come out on the other side so capable, so able, so badass, so strong, so clear. Especially when it comes to like their personal relationships because they'll be in relationships and a lot of the time in relationships we'll exercise reactive behavior because we want to push our reactive behavior on our partner to make sure that the relationship quote goes our way or we're afraid that it's not going to go our way because we only make decisions out of love or fear truly like if we're making a decision it's either out of love or out of fear think about it deeply and you'll realize that every decision you've ever made has been out of one of those two things. And a lot of times in relationships, we'll make decisions out of fear because we either don't want it to end or we're afraid that if we don't get our way, something bad will happen or, you know, all of this stuff. And I find that when I I see my clients be able to sit, just sit, and to be able to examine and go inward instead of outward in a disagreement, they usually, no, they always, always, this isn't usually, this is always they always end up better for it because they realize most of the time that the the fight, the conflict is internal. It's actually not with the other person at all. This is this takes a lot of work to be able to get to. But even me, like even this uh this situation with a friend of mine that I'm in right now, while he said something that was really hurtful, I'll tell you what he said. He said to me, He didn't want to learn from me. And it hurt my feelings so much. I don't know. I I don't know if anybody ever (laughs) has hurt me like that. (laughs) Yeah, of course they have. What the hell? Um, I think think that this comes maybe second to uh, one of my ex-boyfriends saying, I thought you were worth it. (laughs) That was up there. I have let that go. Uh, but I don't want to learn from you is pretty big. Now, there are a lot of people that don't want to learn from me, and that's totally fine. Um, I have a friend who doesn't want to learn from me ever. I would say that this friend hasn't made a lot of motion in his own life, but for whatever reason, he doesn't want to learn from me. Subscribed to my emails and unsubscribed after two. Reactive behavior. Uh, but he doesn't want to learn from me, and he doesn't have to. I am perfectly at peace with him not wanting to learn from me. This other person, on the other hand, has fundamentally changed my life. So the idea that he wouldn't want to learn from me makes me feel like I don't have value. Like I tell a story. I tell a disempowering story that I don't have value because he won't learn from me. He'll learn from other people. And so I choose to make this something disempowering about me. I choose. I choose it. I choose to say... Well, it's important that he sees value in me. And when he doesn't, that must mean that I'm not worthy. And, you know, I tell a deep story about my intelligence being attached to my worthiness and my ability to help people being attached to my worthiness. Like, there's so many layers to it. But really what he said, it wasn't all that 
hurtful. It's just my attachment to parts of my ego and my attachment to him are where the hurt is. You know, like that's, that's really a big part of it. And just being able to see that and acknowledge that and understand that is, is powerful. It's powerful to be able to look at yourself and to see what are the things that are triggering you and causing you to react and causing you to tell stories and causing you to be disempowered and causing you to, I mean, it's all just, uh, it's all just work. We are, there's layers to it. There's just so many layers to the human experience. But in terms of that situation, it is all about me. There is no amount of yelling at this person that I could do. There's no amount of nasty words that I could say. There is no amount of making him see it from my perspective that is going to seriously do anything. My, he is as he is. This is something I have to resolve internally. And the resolution will come with time. And me letting go. Now, if I have to let go of attachment to pieces of my ego, that would be ideal. If I have to let go of him, that's ideal as well. You know, there are some times where you just have to protect yourself from somebody else's piss poor energy. And that might be the case. Ideally, any person that triggers you is going to teach you where you could stand to look at yourself. So if this is causing me to feel this way, it can open up a world of exploration for me. So I probably will stick around, but maybe I won't. You know, I'm, I'm still upset almost a month later, so maybe I won't. And that's okay too. But it does show you parts of yourself that you need to look at and work on. And that is important. And I could have very easily had reactive behavior, but instead of reacting and just churning up this big-ass fight that could have gone on forever, I've just decided, mm, really the work is with me. Like, this is where all the work is. So I'm, I'm going to take it back to the surface level stuff. Smoking, drinking, smoke it away, fuck it away, drink it away, gamble it away, eat it away, all of that. That's not doing anything for you except shoving the emotions away. They're still there and everything that you have yet to resolve is still within you. So know that. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this in this recording of this podcast. I just said at the beginning, this is my second go of it. But I did have a friend once say to me, well, how do I know where it all is, Andy? And I was like, well, get rid of the behavior first. She was talking about stopping drinking. And had similar experiences to I, to me where, you know, she'd go three or four days and then she'd drink again. And I was like, well, just get rid of the behavior. Get rid of the behavior. If you drink again on day eight, what was it? Like, what was the thing? What was the thing that made you drink on day eight? Like, what happened? You know, or if you go like three weeks and all of a sudden you want to drink, what happened? Like, what happened to you that, that you wanted to drink on week three? Because the, the physical withdrawal is already over. It's kind of like this woman in the, the Stop Smoking group. Well, you went a month. You're no longer physically addicted to this. So you probably have environmental triggers, but you're not physically addicted to nicotine anymore. So what happened? Well, it was the big event in your life. Okay, well, what's up with the reaction? Like, do we not feel valuable? Do we not feel worthy? Because if you're going to respond to yourself with a disrespect, you, I mean, do, do you not feel worthy there? That's, that's important to look at. 
That's important to look at in your reactive behavior. If you want to punish other people, be mean to other people, that's reactive behavior. Why do you want to punish those people? Like like for me, why do I want to, you know, default to, I'm not talking to my friends anymore. It's like my friends didn't do anything. I love my friends. They're my family. Like my friends are, are truly my family. So why do I want to be that way? Am I pushing them away or am I pushing away, or am I following a pattern of the past? Am I angry at my grandmother from 30 years ago? Like who am I angry at? Like who am I really angry at? What's really unresolved? It's deep. You might need help with that. And I, I'm I'm serious in that um, if you need some help, reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. You can visit me on my website, getthefuckoff.com. You can subscribe to the Western Rebellion emails, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. Everybody needs somebody, man. Everybody needs somebody. You need somebody to help you get through this stuff. I mean, or you, don't, or you could not. You know, you could just – you could not. You could not reach out to somebody. It will. It's very, very hard to see our blind spots without somebody else, and it is courageous to reach out. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of motion, a lot of peace, a lot of relief that can come from just exploring stuff. There's nothing wrong with any of us. This isn't like psychotherapy where we try to say oh you got this or you got that like who the fuck wants to hear that nobody that's disempowering nobody wants to hear that there's something motherfucking wrong with them most of the time there isn't most of the time seriously it's just knots that you yourself tied and don't you want to see where those are because chances are you've been living with that shit so long it's gotta be exhausting i'm exhausted i mean not all the time anymore rarely anymore but sometimes after a massive contraction and dealing with old stuff that goes back to being seven yeah fucking tired you know but you rip it open you peel it back you move forward and all of a sudden you're not drinking every day anymore you're not smoking every day anymore you're not 50 pounds overweight anymore you're not fucking married men anymore like i mean there's just so much you know like i mean there's so much so if you guys want to start digging through that reach out to me and uh, I'm going to be back next week with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Until then, you guys take care of yourselves, stay safe, and stay beautiful.